to New World next week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato of MediaMonarchy.com. Deep fake videos in deep trouble. We got that story, plus a little bit of red light redemption. But first, NBC hires Obama's CIA director as intelligence analyst. Former CIA director John Brennan has been hired as a paid contributor by NBC and MSNBC. He led the CIA from 2013 to early 2017 under the man commonly referred to as President Barack Obama. Brennan's appointment comes amid the outcry over the recent release the memo mimi series that had the audience on the edge of their seats. The fact that Brennan previously lied to an NBC journalist about the CIA's attempts to thwart a Senate Intelligence Committee investigation into the agency's use of torture was apparently no deterrent to his hiring at NBC. The ex-CIA chief already made his first appearance in his new role as senior national security and intelligence analyst on Meet the Press this past Sunday and promptly took the opportunity to push a bunch of garbage narratives. The presence of former military and intelligence officials in newsrooms was once thought controversial. Kind of like I've been joking on my morning show recently about musician Moby bragging that his CIA friends told him that Russiagate was real. Back in my day, rock stars tried to hide their intelligence connections. And I think it's also a worrisome note, James, as we're learning about, of course, Trump train wants to have his big military parade. Of course, like all the cool dictators have their military parades, military parades media with sort of uniformed generals, which we've seen before in the White House press briefings, all a little disturbing. Way back in 2008, before America's Next Top President and the Trump train, the New York Times wrote an investigative analysis outlining the George W. Bush administration's use of military analysts to shape terrorism coverage. The largest contingent of analysts were affiliated with Fox News, followed by NBC, and then CNN. So James, when they're referring to John Brennan, Lying to NBC, I'll include that flashback. CIA lies to NBC at CFR. James? All right. Well, so this is the point at which I would generally provide the context of this and fill in the blanks for people. The fact that this has been ongoing for many, many decades now, probably since the very, very foundation of the CIA. Um, and I would talk about things like I was going to mention the Pentagon military analyst uh, scandal that blew up a decade ago and uh, the Carl Bernstein seminal report on CIA and the media. I would refer people to my Boiling Frogs post report that I did a few years ago, how the CIA plants news stories in the media. Um, and connect all those dots for people. But here's the thing. Most of the people in our audience already has some inkling of that context and that history, right? So there's this strange phenomenon that I've seen, I've noticed more and more recently, and I, I want to thank, there was some user on the Reddit, uh, the conspiracy subreddit, who pointed this out on a recent story, and I'm sorry I don't have the link, I don't remember the user, um, but he was pointing it out. Someone in the comments of one of these types of stories said something like, oh, this is old news. You know, we already we already knew this. And this Reddit user pointed out, no, that is exactly what they want you to start thinking. Oh, this is old news. We already knew this. Who cares? Right. And I've seen this phenomenon playing out so many times since I, I read that comment on Reddit. And it's so true. And of course, when I post this on Twitter, a lot of the responses are, oh, they've always been. The CIA has always been running the media. Oh, we already knew this. Oh, this is old news. Oh, it's Operation Mockingbird, you know, once again. 
Don't. Don't give in to that. That is a psyop of sorts. They want you to, they want to shove it further and further and further in your face. We are the CIA. We are directly putting people in the media. You know, what are you going to do about it? And everyone's just going to shrug and go, ah, we already knew that. Don't, don't give in to that. And even if you do already know that, and you know all this context, I guarantee you, your neighbors and your friends and your co-workers and the person you just met in the coffee shop don't know that. And this is valuable information in getting people to see the deep state. So I, I, I just want to put that out for people. Don't just shrug your shoulders at stories like this. Actually use them to help people see what might be obvious to you at this point, but like myself, and like I imagine most other people, at some point in your life, you didn't know about this type of stuff. So let's start showing it to people rather than just shrugging our shoulders at it. Of course, finding ways to talk about controversial topics at the water cooler, even especially now, kind of post-Trump, might be, you know, out of the question, maybe for some people in their family and job situations. I personally, of course, have always found Hitting people with things that they already sort of know about is a great way to kind of introduce ideas. So in the spirit of that, James, I think I've got a little bit of subtext and context here. I want to briefly mention that maybe people don't really know that much about. And what I mean is when you mention things about TV and the media, they're going to go, oh, yeah, eight is enough. I've heard of that. I want to mention a guy named Tom Braddon. He was the creator and co-host of CNN's Crossfire which pioneered the talk show format that pitted a conservative against a liberal. He created the show back in 18, or 1982 in D.C., of course, and he took the show to CNN. He actually served as the program's host from the left. Tom Braddon, who worked for the OSS and the CIA, he was the left position. Many people believe that Tom created the genre of political talk shows and debate programs that has now been copied and copied and copied, said some CNN schmuck when Braddon died in 2009, which is where this media monarchy post comes from. The criminals in action kind of helped create this whole fake left-right setup, classic problem-reaction-solution. Problem-reaction, they kind of offer you that solution for all the kind of, you know, boob-tube watchers. He is really the, the, the story of eight is enough. Tom Braddon, I think, is a really interesting guy to look into. And once you find that, you find all those other interesting connections, I think, to the to the media octopus. So speaking of spotting BS, James, our second story on this jam-packed New World next week, episode 336, is called How to Spot a Deep Fake Video. Reddit. The aforementioned Reddit has been making news again with another subreddit in which people use a machine learning tool called Deep Fake, which sure sounds a hell of a lot like Deep State, to automatically replace one person's face with another in the video. In a video, any video. Obviously, since this is on the internet, of course, this article points out people using it for two things. Fake celebrity porn and inserting Nicolas Cage into random movies. So the reason that deep fakes have largely just involved actors is that there's a lot of footage of them available from different angles, which makes the training of this AI more effective. Nicolas Cage has 91 crappy acting credits on IMDb. Okay, they're not all crappy, just most of them. However, given the amount of photos and video people are posting online as we speak, and you really only need about 500 images to kind of train the algorithm. There's no reason to believe this isn't going to get better using regular people. So this article goes on to talk about kind of ways to spot a deep fake. Weird looking faces, flickering, different body sizes and types. Short clips, no sound, bad lip dubs, unbelievable clips, and dubious sources. For the time being, deep fakes are more of a horror 
mortifying curiosity than a major problem. The results are easy to spot, and while it's impossible to condone what's being done, no one yet is trying to pass off deep fakes as genuine videos. But this article closes by noting, as the technology gets better, however, they're likely to be a much bigger issue. For example, convincing fake footage of Kim Jong-un declaring war on the USA could cause, as an understatement, a major panic. James? Right. So it isn't difficult to play out the potential uh, implications of this technology in the broader sense. And uh, let's take a step back. There's so many things to say about this. Um, first of all, I I know no one will believe me. I really have only checked out the safe-for-work versions of this so far. So Nicolas Cage or uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. doing the, uh, the Shia LaBeouf uh, meme video thing, that kind of stuff. And some of them look fairly convincing. Um, some of them you can clearly tell have been manipulated. Um, and I think it's just a factor of certain scenes work well because of certain lighting and whatever, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, um, so I can see how at least potentially in certain circumstances, this could be a very convincing technology um, some of the time. And you raise the point that it will become more and more uh, applicable to everyday citizens, because of course people are posting everything they ever do to Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Snapchat and what have you. And so there are many, 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 many images and videos of people and more all the time. And can you imagine what they do with people like us who have been on videos uh, for however many, well, a decade now? I mean, it's... That's why I like to, you know, grow funny facial hair. To it's not off. a bad idea, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so it will become more and more convincing for kind of average people as more and more data is fed into the beast. And, but here's one thing, one uh, thing that I'd like to point out. I'm sure, I know we covered it on our respective programs and I'm pretty sure we covered it on Neural Next Week. Uh, this would have been uh, almost, or, yeah, almost two years ago now. Face-to-face, real-time face capture and reenactment of RGB videos, where there was that, uh, I think Stanford University and a couple other research institutions were involved. They created this software where you could be talking in real time and it would manipulate a YouTube video of George Bush was one of the examples they used. Uh, I think Obama was in there as well. Um, they could make that person on that screen speak, do move its mouth in whatever way the, per the person in, uh, that was being filmed would, would speak. I mean, it's, it's a crazy technology and it was extremely convincing. Um, at least in that one little regard, they could make the mouth movements look extremely convincing. And that was in real time. So this deep fakes, I don't think it's necessarily new per se. And it's, I mean, it's just the fact that it's uh, kind of a new app that's been released on, you know, Reddit and everyone can download it and use it now. But this technology has certainly been around for longer than uh, than a month or whatever. And it is certainly uh, with regards to the types of processing power that, Hollywood effect studios, let alone the deep state, could bring to bear on these types of things, it's much more advanced than this kind of tinker toy that people are playing with on the internet right now. So there's that to think about. Here's another thing to think about. Um, obviously, one of the implications is so many videos could be faked, and they could fake a Kim Jong-un or whatever, doing, saying whatever they want, and to start anything they want. They could, you know, fake a video of Assad saying, yes, yes, I gassed my own citizens and I love it, yay. Uh, they could do anything they want with regards to that. But think of it from the other perspective. Any video that comes out, they could say, no, that's a fake. And maybe they could have some kind of convincing analysis. Oh, look, you know, this, this video has been manipulated this way, so it's not real. So 
if you ever have any actual video footage of any politician involved in anything untoward, you know, oh, it's a deepfake. It's not real. So that's going to become an issue in the future. So there's a lot of different things to think about. And another aspect to all of this is how is how are we as, a, as people going to adapt to this new media environment? You often talk about media literacy on MediaMonarchy.com. Well, media literacy a decade from now might mean that you don't trust any video you see of anyone ever, right? I mean, that might be the ultimate result of this. So uh, crazy, crazy implications to all of this. And as a final little golden nugget, I'll just say that when I was searching this and, and uh, researching it online, I came across something that I don't think has anything to do with this, but it's interesting. It's a white paper from uh, Stanford University. The Pope has a new baby, fake news detection using deep learning. And so that's uh, slightly unrelated, but I'm going to throw it in the show notes because it looks uh, interesting. I haven't read through the whole thing yet, but um, have at it, guys. Uh, so I just thought of this again as we're sort of kind of ruminating on these questions. Is it possible blockchain-like technologies could help to verify and validate all video footage in the future? Yes, there will definitely be uh, some aspect of that where, uh, you know, there will be stamp uh, watermarks and timestamps and whatever blockchain verified things inserted, and that will be fakeable and fudgeable in some way too, I'm sure. So it'll be a never-ending arms race. I thought we were figuring out the future here. So that's, I mean, I, I'm thinking of Running Man. The film Running Man, of course, kind of hinges on faked video footage showing someone turn the gun on a you know, group of innocent people. And again, I would say you, you mentioned Deep State and Hollywood. Good, good, lucky for us, they don't work together. So, yes, you mentioned there's this fake app and these related notes that we'll include in the show notes. Again, everything we say and play will always be included down in the show notes for more research. Fake app, it's called, appropriately enough, generates convincing fake smut vids using celebs' faces. That is from the register. And in a related story, Pornhub says it will ban deep fake AI edited videos. So fake news, fake porn. What's next? Fake laws? Well, yeah, of course. But I like to call this story... Oh, restitution. Ohio court finds red light camera fines unconstitutional and forces the city to refund all tickets. This from the fantastic Matt Agarist in a world where there are daily attacks on the U.S. Constitution. A glimmer of hope has arisen in New Miami, Ohio, as the state appeals court ruled in favor of the citizens. All drivers who were sent one of the town's unconstitutional speed camera tickets will be getting a refund. The court ruled that the $3 million in fines stolen from drivers with no due process was all obtained illegally and they must now pay it back. While it is true that New Miami has the authority to enforce its traffic laws, it must do so in a constitutional manner. New Miami does not have the authority to do so in an unconstitutional manner, the judge wrote. We will include additional links on this story and even the PDF of the court decision, James. Another kind of small story in a small town we've never heard of but with huge implications not unmitigated good news? Well, <laughs> yes, yes, let's say it's not unmitigated because it is a wonderful story and it is it is great to see um, that people t had the gumption to fight this and to take it all the way up and to get this decision and to have this ruling. It is unconstitutional. They have violated due process. Uh, the city is clearly in cahoots with this uh, uh, camera a uh, company that's providing them free cameras as long as they get a cut of the loot and all of this. I mean, it's clearly, I mean, there's, it's good to see some justice actually being done. 
But <laughs> one step forward, two steps back. I'm just reminded instantly of the story that you mentioned in passing last week. Uh, ICE is about to start tracking license plates across the U.S. So, yeah, I mean, okay, red light cameras, maybe in this, at least in this town, and hopefully in others, you can actually get your some of your money back, but... They're now tracking your license plate everywhere you drive across the country for, you know, bogus reasons. And uh, it's not it's not that this type of technology is going away, um, but maybe you might not have to pay so many so much uh, loot to the government to for your uh, for your privilege of driving. Well, I was going to joke that if this starts a trend in America where, you know, cities have to start paying back these tickets. They'll just figure out a way to pay people with like social credits that you can use to get discounts on steering wheelless cars that certainly wouldn't run a red light. Would Don't give them any ideas, James. No. <laughs> I, man, I, I swear, James, you and I have been doing this for a long time, and I think it'd be crazy to think that in some ways – whether for good or for not, I mean, memes. These are the ideas that we put out there. Sometimes I can't help it. I got a big mouth. In closing, some other good news in the form of my own spinoff series because I can't stop talking. Good news next week. The worm has turned on social media as Facebook users drop in North America for the first time and a little bit on expunged records and composting in your own apartments I stream news, music, memes, and more Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 Pacific time at MediaMonarchy.com slash listen, and I hope people will join me there. James? Well, you got a big mouth, but I'm glad you use it for good. That's why we <laughs> love you. All right, James, thank you for these three stories. Thanks, buddy. Take care.